Welcome to the On Deck Circle, a weekly podcast setting the table with lively baseball banter from two guys who love America's pastime. Let's talk baseball. Welcome back into the On Deck Circle podcast for the week of July 16th, 2003. Alex, we're past the All-Star break. The trade deadline is roaring upon us. Is there a better time to be watching baseball? There is so much to keep your attention because not only do you have what's happening on the field, there's all this speculation and drama off the field. It's just a million different things to keep you interested. And uh, who's going to make a move? Will they? Won't they? Um, where's Shohei going? I mean, a lot of stuff going on in baseball right now. So it's it's a great time to be a baseball fan. The trade winds are approaching hurricane force. It's almost like you think like when when you you think there might be a time when you know you might be able to tune out of baseball, and it's like it just the calendar doesn't allow for it. I mean, we get past the All Star break, we've got the trade deadline, then all of a sudden we're going to be talking about the playoff push. And then we got the postseason. And when the postseason wraps up, then you got the winter meetings and, you know, the, you know, the, the free agency begins. And next thing you know, we're in spring training again. It just keeps going. And it's a, it just has something for you year round. Baseball is the gift that keeps on giving. And we're going to talk about it. We got four things on our agenda today. We're back to good, bad, and ugly and all sorts of those things. So let's get into our first segment this week. Leading off. This week, we are back with our Good, Bad, and Ugly post-All-Star Game edition. And uh, this week for the good, I wanted to highlight just how amazing two division races have gotten over the last week and a half or two. The National League West is a really tight race between three great teams, the Dodgers, the Giants, and the, and the uh, Diamondbacks. Earlier in June, the Diamondbacks were winning the division, and the Giants were right there, and the Dodgers were right there. Well... Now, the Dodgers are in first place. The Diamondbacks have slipped to third place. Oh, by the way, the Giants are only a game and a half out of first place. It's a great divisional race. And I think that's only seconded by the American League East race. So we got three great teams in that division battling it out. The Rays, the Orioles, and the Blue Jays. And for the longest part of the season... The Yankees and Red Sox were up towards the top. We're going to talk more about them later on in our episode this week. But it was the Rays way out in front. Like, we thought the division race was over. We thought the battle was for the wild card. Well, don't look now, folks. But the Orioles could be, maybe by the time this podcast episode drops, tied with the Rays for first place. And the Blue Jays are playing great baseball. So between the NL West and the AL East, you've got major population hubs in New York and Los Angeles, the state of California and the East Coast, captivated by some really compelling, great baseball taking place in their immediate necks of the woods. Yeah. And I think that's just, it's to be noted, like the the AL Central is equally as tight but you got five teams playing bad baseball. None of them are over 500, right? And in both of the divisions, in the case of the AL East, all of them are still above 500. They are. Um, significantly so. And the NL West for the five teams are relevant. And so you're just like, this is like, this is compelling baseball. We're not talking about like, you know, the race to the bottom here. These are teams that are not only can they make the playoffs, but, 
they could make noise in the playoffs when they get there and so when they get there. And so it's, yeah, good stuff all around and on both those divisions. All right, so your good for this week is? So we talked about last week kind of coming out of the All-Star break, just the, you know, we kind of went through the teams, who needs to, you know, get hot, who needs to make a run, who's in trouble. And I kind of maybe want to just talk about our, you know, our our instant, we'll call it our instant oatmeal culture. Like everybody has a hot take. Or a and, hot pocket take. Or a, yeah, a hot pocket take. And uh, immediately, like, you know, so-and-so is going to the Hall of Fame. So-and-so is going to the World Series. And my good for the week is the Milwaukee Brewers. Didn't you pick them to win the NL Central? Yeah, and it's, this is this is self-serving because I do remind people I did pick them to win the NL Central. And they had the darlings of Major League Baseball uh, over the weekend uh, in the Cincinnati Reds. And they're like... We don't care about your Ellie De La Cruz and we don't care about Joey Votto and we don't care about people stealing home or your young guns. And all we're going to do is we're going to sweep you three games in a row and we are going to take back control of the NL Central. And they handled their business. They did exactly what they needed to coming out of the All-Star break. And lo and behold, they're two and a half games up as we sit here. And the Cincinnati Reds are still um, the talk of the town, but all of a sudden they're on a bit of a schneid. And that's my bad for the week is the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati I see what Re you did there. You just, you just segued into segued. the bad. The Cincinnati Reds were punch your World Series tickets. Ellie De La Cruz was the MVP. I can't, you know, we were all shocked that he couldn't, that he wasn't in the all-star game. And the Cincinnati Reds are back. The big red machine is here. And the Cincinnati Reds have lost six in a row. And so, you know, it's one thing to have the momentum on your side, but you got to maintain that momentum. And, you know, there's always that, you know, the horse in the race that, you know, spurts ahead and, you know, grabs the lead midway. But they, if they don't, if they don't hold it, then they don't win the race. And so anyway, they got to get it together. Um, they're my bad for the week. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stay bad, but there's some intriguing matchups this weekend that we'll talk about as the podcast goes. Um, but yeah, good this week, Brewers, bad this week, Reds. And because of those two teams and the way they've played, we've seen a transition in that division in real time. Yeah. So my bad for the week, I think that's an excellent pairing of, of a good and bad. My bad for the week is all of the crazy speculation and hypothetical scenarios regarding Shohei Otani. He has saved half the franchises in baseball. I mean, all of the franchises, if they get Shohei, are going to the World Series. I mean, even did the you know Oakland the Athletics, if they got Shohei Otani, they would be World Series the, favorites. The Detroit Tigers will not lose again if they acquire Shohei Otani. While we may be overstating ourselves a little bit, seriously, it seems like every time you turn on the radio or you listen to something, there's there's a clickbaity like article or video clip where some new baseball quote-unquote expert is pontificating about how a certain team will be the World Series favorites if they trade everything to get Shohei Otani. It's been mentioned about the Yankees. It's been mentioned about uh, the Rangers. It's been mentioned about the Mariners, the Red Sox, the Phillies. I mean, the talk on Philly sports radio in this area has been ridiculous. Is it rational to trade for Shohei Otani? And the radio hosts are like, yeah, we should go out and get him because then we can win the World Series. 
I think what's happening is we're talking so much about hypotheticals and possible scenarios regarding Shohei that we're missing what Shohei is doing as he's playing the game. The guy has picked up right where he left off pre-All-Star game break. He's been hitting dingers. He, I don't think he's pitched since the All-Star break. He's scheduled to pitch this weekend, but he's been hitting home runs seemingly every other day. He's really been carrying the Angels ball club in spite of the fact that they're without Mike Trout. And I feel like my bad for the week is we're so focused on the Shohei Otani trade storyline that we're missing out on the greatness of Shohei Otani and what he's doing in each daily baseball game. So that's that's my bad for the week. A word to the wise, we don't like doing this. Leave the leave the speculation to the higher ups. And if you're just a baseball fan, enjoy Shohei Otani. Yeah, because hypothetically, he gets traded to the Yankees. Um, just the expectation. I mean, right now he's playing for the Angels, and let's be honest, there's no expectation for the Angels. There just isn't. Not nationally. I mean, they may have they may have expectations internally, but the expectations couldn't be more different than New York Yankees to the Los Angeles Angels. And not we don't know how every player is going to handle that. And so if he gets thrown into the pressure cooker of a New York Yankees playoff run, World Series run, you know, there's no guarantee he's going to perform the same way that he's been performing this whole time. And so we might miss what's happening right now. Again, he's hit, you know, He's hit two home runs in the last three days. He's he up to a, 35, right? He hit a triple last night, which how many guys can hit the ball 480 feet and then, you know, leg out triples like they're nothing and then, you know, start this weekend and strike out 10. I mean, there's just so much to enjoy. So enjoy Shohei Otani. We're not guaranteed Shohei Otani for, you know, the long run here. And you never know how the second half of this year is going to play out. So just enjoy him. Don't miss it. Speculating on what could have been. Yeah. So my ugly is related to your bad. Okay. Okay, so we talked about the Reds and how they got, let's just be honest, they got demolished by the Brewers this past weekend. Owned. 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 To the point. The Brewers were the Reds' daddy. To the point that they are the first team in at least 130 years to not score in three straight games. They ran their consecutive scoreless innings streak to 28 innings. That's a long time in baseball. They did not have a runner cross home plate to score a run for almost for, for over three days. At what point was uh, Ellie De La Cruz like, I just better try to steal home here just to make it happen? If he could steal first, he may very well have scored home, has scored a run. They only managed, I, I did a little bit of a deeper dive on the Brewers Red Series. They only managed eight hits against the Brewers. Eight hits. I mean, that, that was, so we knew, we know that the Brewers have an advantage against everyone in that division with the pitching. That's going to be their big thing. And their pitching showed up in a big way. And there's nothing better in baseball than when pitchers show up doing their job. And yeah. they're there's nothing better than watching dominating pitching. Corbin Burns, he obliged this last week playing uh, against, the, against the Reds. He did indeed. So, so the Reds are my ugly for the week. Just because, like, like you said earlier, all this hype, all these expectations... And sure enough, they did something historic. They did something that has not been done in many, many years, over 130 years. But 
wasn't really something that you would want to write home about. Yeah. That's my ugly for the week. You're ugly. I don't have an ugly, but again, we're going to stick with the Reds. Uh, it's a notable. And again, you want to we want to recognize achievements when they happen in the league. And there's Greatness. There's, there's, there's several things going on. Uh, um, Manny Machado hit his 300th home run, um, which, you know, if anyone's on pace of present players to hit 500, Manny Machado's probably right there. But Joey Votto hit his 350th home run. Um, just the other day. And it's interesting because Joey Votto is just an all around good hitter. He's a quality hitter. It was a long time. I remember uh, watching him several years ago and they made the comment that he had never up until this point fouled the ball off to the pull field, which he's a left-handed hitter. So it had been to right field. He had never fouled it into the stands because he never got out that in front of a baseball. He would always just stay back on the ball because he was such a disciplined hitter. Anyway, Joey Votto is now one of 16 players. And again, of the 22,000 players that have played Major League Baseball, one of 16 to achieve a career total, uh, a career hit total of 350 home runs, 2,000 hits, and a 400 on base percentage. That's Basically, quality. what that means is four out of 10 at bats, yes. he's reaching base. Whether yes. that's through walk, whether that's a hit, yep. whatever, he's getting on base four out of 10 at bats. Yeah. And so he's a power hitter. He's hit for power. He hits for average. Um, he gets on base. He finds the ways to get on base. Uh, I know people. I don't think I know the jury's kind of out on Joey Votto. I think Joey Votto is a Hall of Famer and should be a Hall of Famer. And um, people say maybe he needs to do a little bit more, but he probably has a couple more seasons in him. And uh, we'll see where his totals end up. But I think if his career ended today, he should be a Hall of Fame player. But just a great overall guy too. Like just funny, a really interesting sense of humor. He's a guy you want mic'd up, interacting with the common. Well, he's like the major league major league baseball version of like Peyton Manning, not of the same like level Peyton Manning like walked on water for the NFL for a while but he's got that like charisma that personality he's the guy that transitions perfectly like you said to the booth he's the guy you want to yeah interview him in the dugout because you might just you know he's just an entertaining guy to listen to by the way spoiler alert what happens if the Reds get Shohei you would have Joe Hay Votto and Shohei Otani you know I of all the speculation of where he might go. Is it too early to call it that the Reds could get Shohei? Because anyway. the, the Reds probably have a hard time re-signing him, but if they were to go all in for one player, that would just be the best ticket in baseball. It would be a great American ballpark. Oh, for sure. Anyway, not to go back to the bad, but we're done with the good, bad, and ugly. Let's head on to our second segment. Now on deck. And this week, we are returning again to one of the all-time great sports towns in America. But in this particular situation, this sports town has been putrid this year. We are seeing the demise this season of one of the great sports towns, and it is none other than New York. We, a couple weeks ago, talked about the Mets and chronicled some of their foibles and shortcomings and the fact that they just, for, for a team that has over a half a billion dollars worth of payroll. They're not performing like it. But we go across town and visit the American League East, and we're seeing last place New York Yankees laying some serious eggs. Like, they're not smelling very good right now, Alex. 
No, it's just the lineup is bad. Uh, there are too many young rookies that aren't the quality of some of these other young teams. The Baltimore Orioles, the Reds have you know better young cores, and so they keep calling up players. There's young players playing. Um, they they're moving veterans out of town. I think it was kind of funny that the, you know they the 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 Yankees fan base just hated um, uh, Hicks, whatever his name. Was. Yeah, Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. Couldn't get him out of town fast enough. He kind of stabilized himself and became a contributor pretty you know, right away for the for the Baltimore Orioles. And um, the pitching staff outside of Garrett Cole is not very good. And they've fallen right down to the basement of the of the AL East. Now, granted, they are still above 500, and they are still only two and a half games out of first place, which they could turn things around quickly. But it just makes you wonder. Can they? Will they? Is Shohei going to be the savior? I don't know, but it's like things are not good in the Bronx. Yeah, it's it's bad when baseball's iconic teams don't perform well. And I feel like ever since the 90s, when when they had that great run of World Series titles, yeah. The Yankees have faltered at being a great sports team. They have their moments they have their flashes, definitely have the, the splashy free agent signings or trades. It's nice that Carlos Rodon has finally decided to, to, to pitch this year and gotten healthy and been able to do that. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to make an impact and kind of stabilize that rotation. But yeah, I agree with you. A lot of young players and because of the inexperience and just getting accustomed to the big leagues... The Yankees are in some dire straits. I mean, John Carlos Stanton isn't really picking up the slack. Anthony Rizzo's not picking up the slack. Where, They've where, both been faltering. Where is Aaron Judge? Where is he? Like, there is no talk about Aaron Judge. He's towing the line. And it's like, and it's so concerning. What I read right before the All-Star break, I mean, they're like, you know, he goes on record. And I'm like, how in the world did the Yankees let him say this out loud? He goes on record saying, he's like, my toe may never be healed. What? Well, I read this week that uh, Aaron Boone said that he's making progress but would not commit to a timeline. And that is concerning. And that is just that. I mean, that is concerning because if I'm, for example, if I'm Shohei Otani, I want to come to New York and play with Aaron Judge. And win. I don't want to play. I don't want to go. I mean, it's like going to it's like going to the Angels without Mike Trout. You know, and it's because it, it, the, the lineups are basically the same. And again, to your point, the historical feel of the Yankees, like it's like, you know, I don't know. This is our generation. This is us growing up. Like you you think, you know, OK, we're looking for Derek Jeter and we're looking for Bernie Williams and we're looking for Paul O'Neill and we're looking for, you know, Scott Brocious, Jorge Posada. And it's like Andy Pettit and all these guys. And they're like, they're just not there. Yeah. And so it's like, and, and, and judge who's phenomenal. And I like judge a lot. He's not healthy. Okay. So when does this, and again, somebody tweeted out just the standing since judge went down and all the teams in the American league have winning records and all the teams in the American league East have winning records since judge went down, except the Yankees. Hmm. And they're significantly under 500 since he left and their batting is terrible and they can't score runs. And so the Yankees got to figure it out uh, because I don't think they're going to be able to acquire Shohei in their present condition. And I don't think Shohei's going to okay. I don't know if he has a trade clause or not. I don't know. We'll see, but I don't know if he's necessarily going to be inclined to go to New York if they can't figure it out. But anyway, yep. Yep. All right. So we turn from something a little bit more on the melancholy side 
to a reflection of an experience we had this past weekend. What in the world could that be? Let's move to our third segment. In the hole. This week, we want to talk about, in our third segment, an opportunity that we had this past weekend to go to a minor league baseball game. So uh, we have been to major league baseball games this year, and I went to an independent league game on the 4th of July. But you and I were both able to go to a Reading Phillies game. So the Reading Phillies are the double-A affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. They have single-A, double-A, triple-A, high-A, low-A, and then the pro team, and it, and it does progress in uh, severity from low A up to triple A, triple A being the step right below Major League Baseball. So this was pretty mid-level team, pretty mid-level skill level. There have been some players from the Reading Phillies called up. As a matter of fact, Johan Rojas of the Reading Phillies was called up to the Major League roster the day before we went and saw the Reading Phillies, so we mi- missed him, but... Overall, we wanted to kind of just share our experience of being in a minor league ballpark and some similarities and comparisons between the minor league ballpark and the major league ballpark. Yeah. Well, first off, it should be noted, uh, the breakdown has changed. And I think Johan Rojas is a great example of this. Double A is kind of the new triple A. A lot of the top prospects kind of pitch their tent at double A. And so if you have an opportunity to go see a double A game, you're most likely going to be seeing the team, the players who are going to be at the major league level before too long. Or the duds that got signed and passed over. It was brought to my attention that the Reading Phillies have a guy on their roster that the Phillies took instead of Ronald Acuna Jr. No kidding. Jalen Ortiz. Oh, yeah, I saw his name. First baseman. They spent more for him and took him over Ronald Acuna Jr. That move wasn't looking so sharp. <laughs> well, Jalen Ortiz, we'll call him the poor man's Ronald Acuna Jr. That's okay. No, I, I, overall, I think the game was great. Um, however, it must be said, uh, we are experiencing heat like everywhere else in the country is experiencing, and it was hot. It was a low-scoring game. Game uh, The games at the minor you think the games at the major league level move fast. The games at the minor league level move just as fast because if guys aren't um, if guys aren't hitting, the game moves by really fast. But in a blink of an eye, we were in the fifth inning, and uh, we were both with different groups of people at the game, Aaron and I, and uh, someone turned around. They're like, you know, how long do you think we're going to be here? Is this going to be like a, you you know, do we got two hours left? And the answer was, I'm like, no, we've been here like 45 minutes or 50 minutes. And we're in like the top of the fifth right now. Like we're not going to be here that long at all. And, um, overall very good though. The atmosphere was good. It was a community night. And so there were a lot of people from a particular area and, uh, where we live that had come out for the game. So there was a good crowd for a Sunday night, a lot of energy, the, the fun and entertainment of a, minor league game is unique and the things that happen in between innings they definitely keep people um, they keep their attention locked in Um, and so that was good Um, it's great because you don't have to be a baseball fan to enjoy a minor league game nope you don't which is super good and so i yeah um you had a funnel cake I did have a funnel cake. What's the quality of a funnel cake at, uh, at, a double, at the double-A level? Well, just let it be said that I was not able to find a funnel cake at the major league ballpark. Exactly. So automatically, brownie points to the minor league ballpark for having funnel cake. Yep. Funnel cake is just a great comfort food. I did have a hot dog at the double-A ballpark. Yep. 
also great. I will say from a okay, from a food, I will say this. I will say this. The hot dog at the Reading Fields game wiped the floor with the hot dog at the Phillies game because they gave it to you in the bun. They handed. They didn't give it to you wrapped in tin foil. Okay, and it was hot. It was. It was. It was juicy. Just overall, the quality and the TLC that went into the hot dog at the minor league level just lapped the field at the major league level. Okay, I feel like that's relative though because the 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 quality and TLC of a hot dog can only go so far. But if you're a baseball fan and you know who you are out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There is a you know when you get a hot dog made with love and you know when you get a hot dog boiled in water made by somebody who had no connection to that dog it's <laughs> hilarious I, I will say the food prices were a little cheaper at the double a game than they were at the pro game felt like i got a little bit more for my money oh yeah very much so that's the other thing too yeah it's cheaper to buy food at the minor league cheaper level. to buy tickets exactly I mean, it, it, I, this boggled my mind as i was thinking about this so like you mentioned there was a community night and they handed out complimentary tickets when was the last time a pro team handed out complimentary tickets? Well, work that through in your head. It's like, do we want to have the, would we rather have the stadium a quarter filled and the people buying the same amount of food they would always buy? Or do we want to have it three quarters filled and food sales are just going to go through the absolute roof? Yeah. And Everybody there was, you know, it was hot. We're buying beverages. Uh, people are getting food. Ice Pe- cream. Ice cream. People are buying merchandise, all sorts of stuff. It was, it was, um, yeah. So the Reading Phillies, they've got alternate uniforms. That they they have the best alternate uniforms. Yeah. So depending on the night you go, like tonight, the night we were there was that they were the Reading Hot Dogs. Those uniforms, I think, are my favorite uniforms, period, in baseball. They're they're a good look. They're a, they're a good pants, look. They're fun. People white, love the hats. They're hot so dogs good. with a splash of ketchup and mustard on them. I mean, they are just super fun uniforms. Yeah, they were wearing those. The other thing that should be noted is the Reading Phillies were losing 2 to nothing going into the eighth inning. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, the game was moving. But it wasn't moving in a particularly like positive way. Like it's one thing if the game's moving and lots of runs are being scored. First six, seven innings, nothing happened. Everybody, uh, both teams, I think, had four hits. wasn't a whole lot of action. And then eighth inning comes around. The visiting team scores two runs. The bottom of the inning comes up. All right, what are we going to do? Two run bomb to tie it. Okay, and let's put this in perspective. Two run bomb to tie it almost doesn't do it justice. That bomb was a bomb. I mean, it was a, he was a left-handed hitter, definitely. And so it. they've got a um, they've got a they've got a pool out in right field. Talk about attractions for a double A field splash zone. And you know, just left of it, they've got this train display or whatever. They just train like icon. And this guy cleared that train icon and it, you know split the pool. I mean, it was a four hundred plus foot shot. And I'm I'm safe to say that. I'll, I'll go on record as saying it was that long. And it was like that. the energy in the ballpark. People are sweating their butts off for eight Literally. innings. And they're uncomfortable. And immediately there's this energy in the field because this guy just tied the game up 2-2. And then, and then it settled in. Oh, no. We're going to extra innings. Extras. And there were the group I was a part of. Uh, some of the families, they took off. They were like, we're out. We got to yeah. get out of here. And I was like, okay, what, you know, I was, you know, 
I was I came with somebody else, so I was held hostage. I couldn't leave. You were a faithful baseball fan and stayed to the bitter end. Bottom of the ninth, and it's two two, and we're like, "What's going to happen? We don't know." Walk off home run. Walk off home run. If the totally first home run was a bomb. This one was an absolute missile. Cleared the stadium. You knew it from the moment it left the, left the bat. It was out. And again, just the emotion, the excitement, the exuberation, whatever. It was palpable in the stadium. And you mentioned something particular to baseball in that excitement that happens when you're watching a ball game. And we, we both felt that energy. Yeah. We felt that at the Phillies game. When Maton hit the home run, when there were some, when Trey Turner hit the home runs, yep. We also felt it at the Reading Phillies game, and th- these were by no means comparable crowds. The Phillies game we went to had about thirty six thousand people in attendance. Yep. The Reading Phillies game we went to had about sixty nine hundred people. So yep. you're losing thirty thousand fans, but the energy was the same. Alex, why do you think that is? I think there's just something about like the unknown of what's going to happen next. I mean, you have baseball, you have nine people on the field, you got a batter in the batter's box, but you just don't know what's going to happen. We kind of, we threw out a scenario off air before the podcast and it was like, well, what about the, you know, the game winning field goal at a football game, the buzzer beater in basketball even. And it's like, but you know, in both of those situations, you know, what's going to happen. Like, you know, when there's very little time left on the clock, okay, the guy's going to heave the shot. So you just know it's coming. Yep. You know, it when the, you know, when the little scrawny kicker runs out on the field, you know, the game winning kick is coming. Now, is he going to make it? Is he not? We don't know. But with baseball, you're like, this could go several different directions here. He could strike out. He could walk. He could hit a single. He could hit a double. He a could, foul ball. He could foul ball. Whatever. There's a lot of stuff. And all of a sudden when it's like, okay, there's a lot of different scenarios. And all of a sudden you hear the missile hit the right field and it clears the fence. It just, so you go from not knowing to just like pure exuberation and there's no buildup. It just goes from like zero to 90 in three seconds. Yep. Who can replicate that? You just can't. It's, I guess maybe it's the, the equivalent is like playoff hockey where you try to get, you know, you're, you're in overtime and it's next goal wins. Like are you a red, are you a Red Wings fan? I am a Red Wings fan. You would bring hockey and baseball. I'm just trying to rack my brain. Where do you go from zero to 90 that quickly? And it's like that kind of gets to it, but even then it kind of falls short. And all I'll say is I do not care about the Reading Phillies. I don't track their standings. I don't, you couldn't tell me if they were in first place or last place. I don't know. But if I can get emotionally invested and psyched up when now, I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, they were playing um, Metallica enter Sandman in the bottom of the, in the, in the in between of the ninth inning. And I'm like, it is a undeniable proven fact. Nothing bad happens in a sports game when enter Sandman from Metallica is played <laughs> like nothing bad. So true. It is only good things. Yep. And it was, should have been obvious that a walk off home run was coming because it was like, this is excellent. So our takeaway from this for you, our loyal listeners is go to a double A game, take advantage of minor league baseball. Maybe you don't live near where a major league club has their home ballpark. More than likely, you have a minor league affiliate that you could go watch. And we would encourage you, the tickets are going to be cheaper, the food's going to be cheaper, but the product that you'll get is just as good. Yeah. yeah. And you will enjoy it. So hopefully you'll take some time this weekend or in the coming weeks and go enjoy some minor league baseball or professional league baseball. And to that end, let's go to our fourth segment for this week. 
batting cleanup. This week, as we wrap up, we want to look ahead to some compelling matchups. Several of these are going to be duplicates because we are on the same page with many of these. Uh, So as we think to the weekend ahead, there's a very interesting interleague matchup taking place between the Texas Rangers and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Both teams in first place, both teams looking to build on their position in first place. In a three-game series, though, there's only one winner. And so who's going to slug it out between the Rangers and the Dodgers? It's going to be a slugfest. The Dodgers are playing good baseball right now. So are the Rangers. That's a really exciting matchup. I have a feeling a lot of runs will be scored in that one. That's the obvious one. Okay, who's one you're looking forward to? We talked about them already. Uh, we talked about both of them in passing. Arizona and Cincinnati are both kind of on a bit of a slide. They've both given up first place in their division. They're now in second place. They play each other this weekend. Oh, snap. Arizona is in Cincinnati for three games, and you want to talk about a series where there probably will be lots of runs scored. Arizona, it's the Great American Ballpark, lends itself to runs. Both teams need a series win, and so... We'll see what happens. But All right, so here's my question for you. I believe they are two of the top-running teams in baseball. Okay. Stolen bases. So for the series over the weekend, greater or less than 20 bases total get stolen over under. That's a lot of bases. Twenty. Oh, between the two teams. Yep, total bases stolen by both teams okay, over so the weekend if I think series. Three, if I think three a game per each, that's 6, 12, 18. I'm going to say over under 20 bases stolen. I'm going to go over over 20 bases stolen. We'll see what happens next week. We'll have to put a note circle back around and uh, see what happens with that. But I, I look at that and I see, man, the Diamondbacks have these young guys that are super fast, super fun to watch. Reds, same thing. Young guys, super fast, super fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see how the catchers hold up over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. We might have one of them need Tommy John surgery from throwing the ball down to second base so much. Definitely an exciting series to look forward to. Another matchup that I'm looking at that's an American League matchup is Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Yeah. Here's why that matters. Today, as we're recording this podcast, Baltimore and Tampa Bay are within one game of each other. It's possible by the end of the day that Baltimore and Tampa Bay could be tied. And then they have a four-game series. To me, I think the division comes down to this weekend. That's a definitive statement. Uh, Baltimore's playing some good baseball. However, they've run into the buzzsaw that is the Los Angeles Dodgers. How are they going to respond from that? If you find a way, it's really hard to sweep a four-game series. But if one side finds a way to sweep four games, I could totally agree with you. But most likely what we're going to look at is like a two-game split. Like, a, you know, it's two and two over the weekend. Two but, V2, and yeah. they're still tied for first play. I, I think it's just a really compelling matchup. And uh, looking forward to seeing that just from a nostalgia perspective. Yeah, yeah. All right, another matchup you're looking forward to. Uh, last one for me, because I agree with Baltimore-Tampa Bay. It's a National League matchup again. Atlanta goes to Milwaukee. And Milwaukee, I was singing their praises, and I was singing their praises last time they went to Mil- uh, went to Atlanta, and Atlanta handled them, and it was uncomfortable how much they handled them. It was almost like call the cops, you're handling them too much. So they've got an opportunity to play them at home. They got an opportunity to solidify their standing in the NL Central. They have an opportunity to say, hey, by the way, Atlanta, if we ever face each other in the playoffs, like you might have a problem. Or is Atlanta just going to do what Atlanta does and squash the hopes and dreams of more teams in the National League? So we'll see what happens. Um, but 
yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking at Milwaukee and Atlanta this weekend. Here's why I'm excited for that matchup because if Milwaukee handles their business, the Phillies go and play the Guardians. The Phillies should win that series. They've been playing much better baseball. And oh, by the way, they're in second place, only eight and a half games back. So <laughs> I'm if, sorry, only eight and a half if games by back. Chan- okay, do we want to talk about where the Tigers are right now? Didn't think so. Only uh, six games back yeah, in their okay. division. <laughs> Under 500. <laughs> if you, if by chance the Brewers were able to go and do to the Braves what they did to the Reds and sweep them, maybe not going scoreless. Yeah. But if they were able to sweep them and the Phillies were able to make up two games, now, now they're only six games back. Yeah. Now they're only five. I mean, they have some some series with the Braves coming up before the end of the season. Now they're within reaching distance of the Amer- of the NL East title. So, yeah, I think the Braves and Brewers is a great series to keep an eye on as well. Okay, so just let me comment on that real quick because for all you people out there, here's, a, here's your bucket of cold water. Um we're still too soon, Phillies fans, to be talking about winning the division. So let's trim that down to four games and then get back to me. You're never too early to be talking about winning the division. I'll give you the Phillies are playing good baseball. They're playing great baseball. They're probably going to be in the playoffs. They'll probably make a wild card run to the World Series or whatever. Probably, probably, probably. But they're not going to take the Braves down. They're not going to catch the Braves, period. So, Well, we shall see, my friend. We shall see. So, for- real quick, before we hang up. Who's Shohei Otani playing for next Friday? The Angels. Still playing for the Angels? It's not the trade. It's not the trade deadline. He's not, so he won't be traded in the next week. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think he will either. But I think he'll get to forty home runs by next week. Who's your odds-on favorite in your own personal head right now? Who's he playing for? Is he playing for Philly? The Phillies? What do you mean? Who's he get traded to? Yeah. Who's he gonna Who's he gonna be traded for? Yeah, who's he gonna be traded to? I don't think he's gonna get traded. That would be so Los Angeles Angels. I don't think he'll get traded. Hold on to him, not get anything in return. He gets out of town faster than a speeding bullet in the offseason, and that's all she wrote. I, I think he'll stay. Okay. It's just my gut reaction. All right. We've gone way too long now. It's time to wrap this up. The podcast I, I, up. I, think, I think he'll stay in Los Angeles as an angel. A real man of integrity. Hey. <laughs> I, I think he is. He, he's had a profound impact on the Angels, and I think he runs a contract with them that will make Bobby Bonilla's contract look tame, defer all of his money, allow them to go out and get some more contributors. They'll sign some studs. The Angels will be a juggernaut. They're going to win the next three World Series after this year. Okay. I apologize for bringing up this uh, this tangent of a topic. There is so much to unpack there. We'll unpack it next week on the On Deck Circle podcast. Stop trying to hang up the phone, Alex. I'm not done on the phone. Speaking of hot takes. That's right. We're full of them, full of conversations. Where's Where do you think Shoei ends up by next Friday? I, I he's got I don't think it's New York. I don't think it's New York. I didn't ask you who you didn't think he was going to. Who do you think he's going to ne- next Thursday? Who's he playing for? Well, probably the Angels. But by the trade deadline, okay. I'm going to stick with what I said. I think I, I, I don't know, for some reason, Texas just seems like it, the ball hops in Texas and they want to win a World Series mm. and they want to show them that they're going to show the show the world that they're contenders. And right. Bruce Bochy's on borrowed time. I mean, he's in worse shape physically than dusty baker is thanks for listening folks follow and subscribe to our podcast share this conversation and all of these hot takes 
with your friends and family members. We appreciate your loyal support. And until next week, we're out of here.